0: Welcome to Triggered Wrestling! In this episode, we're going to be talking about SmackDown from August 11th, as well as Rampage and some of Collision as well. We're going to talk about some drama, some highlights and lowlights of SmackDown. So stay tuned, guys, because the crew is bringing that energy. DJ, you know what to do. Triggered Wrestling is so awesome all the way around. That gets me triggered. Ooh, okay, well, let's go with the bad trigger right now. See, I'm I'm a fan of all of them. We'll force you to watch Trigger Wrestling. what's up everybody this is adrian once again i'm here with my tag team partner brian garcia and i also have my manager aka the boss caitlin say what's up to the people what's up guys how you doing oh caitlin's here what Yeah, yes, yes, yes. So what do you want to start off, Brian? I said we should just go ahead and start with the highlights and lowlights of SmackDown. What'd you say?
1: I think that sounds good. Caitlin, you let us know what happened since you're on our show today. What happened on SmackDown? What are your highlights and what are your lowlights?
2: This was supposed to be the fallout from SummerSlam, and this was highly disappointing in my opinion, but we're going to go over it anyways. It opens up with Charlotte Flair versus Asuka, which I was really excited about. Charlotte makes it to the ring, and and then we get an immediate recap of the triple threat match.
0: Wow, really? Recaps? After we had a episode of recaps on bro? bra?
2: Come on, guys. She didn't even start fighting, bro. She just made it to the ring and then we immediately <laughs> got a recap.
1: <laughs> yeah, this is ridiculous at this point, but continue on.
2: So Charlotte makes it to the ring, we get a stupid recap. The match begins after Asuka makes it to the ring. Uh, Charlotte gets a busted lip I saw pretty early on. I'm not super sure how that happened, but I did see uh, the blood on her bottom lip. She gives Asuka an amazing spear. It looked beautiful, I'm not going to lie. And during the match, Eoskai interrupts and does a victory lap with damage control and then interferes and the match ends in a disqualification. So this is supposed to be the fallout from SummerSlam? Oh my
1: god. She's the champion. Like, why is she doing this? This makes no sense. Asuka and Charlotte Flair just out there having a good old match and then the champion comes and gets her fingers on this match? Makes no sense, Adrian.
0: Absolutely not, nah, bro. Come on. I mean, this, is this what they're going to do to the women's division? Yes, they gave Eoskai the well-deserved women's championship. But well, after that, what? They have literally nothing. They have damage control and the world champion interfering in a match? Why? What's that going to do for... What, is that the right call for business or what? I
1: would say it's not. It's definitely not the right move for business. Like, have a challenger come up naturally, like, with this match, you know? It didn't need any interruption from Eoskai and company.
0: Yeah, and that brings me to... To my other topic right here. So, what's up with Rhea? She has no challengers, no real threat in the women's division besides Raquel Rodriguez. But Raquel is "quote unquote" injured, and it's kind of funny because there's an injury bug going around in WWE, and they have an injury story angle. Come on, bruh. I mean, unless she's injured for real, then why even have her on TV and have attack Rhea for no reason?
1: Try to make lemonade out of lemons, bro, or whatever that shit goes. Make lemons out of lemonade. <laughs>
0: No, that's that's absolutely fine, man. The point is, EO Sky did not need to be on that match at all. She's a champion already. Why is she showing up to this match with all these losers, technically? Because they did lose the match at SummerSlam, but makes no sense. Let's just see what they can cook up later on because right now, damn, it's night and day between the Women's Revolution and today's 2023 Women's Booking in WWE.
1: There's bad booking in AEW and WWE. I just want to add that to the mix.
0: Yes, sir. Yes, Speaking, since we're on the topic of that, I'm going to go ahead and change it up a little bit and go to Rampage. Soraya ended up defeating Sky Blue. Yes, she did it by cheating, but now Soraya is going to be in the fatal four-way for the AEW Women's Championship at All In. I'm disappointed. What about you guys?
1: Is this Soraya getting the Zelina Vega push just because she's from England? <laughs> I mean, she hasn't been on TV in weeks and then all of a sudden just shows up, beats up Sky Blue and gets a title shot? Bro, Zelina Vega pushed to the max.
2: Yeah, I agree. I was, you know, like I like Soraya, but the story to me didn't make sense. I understand why she got this opportunity, but as far as how they've been building up Sky Blue for a while, it doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. Speaking
1: of shit that doesn't make sense to me, we got AJ Styles versus Karrion Cross, And this match was set up because AJ Styles was attacked by Karrion Cross and choked out when Karrion Cross was like on the side of the, the audience, right? By the fans. Yes. So now they have this match. And Adrian, the internet has been going wild about the botches in this match. And you know me, I don't like to point out botches anymore, bro. Those days are way behind me. I will share every so often one or two. But uh yeah, I don't like talking about it because why these people are doing their best adrian what do you got to say about the botches and what the internet say
0: okay me too i'm in the same page as you are botches are regular you can't hide them you can't avoid them the only reason why i posted on our on our page the botches actually i was just gonna post it in an anti-aew page where apparently there's no according to that group botches in wwe do not exist bad booking in wwe does not exist so i was like let me go ahead and post this right here let me see what kind of reaction i get let me me see what kind of marks i triggered today and i was completely wrong those marks are actually liking the botch meaning they're laughing at it they're making fun of it they lost interest in killer cross and somewhat of aj styles i mean i don't know but to me i think after that match a lot of people have lost interest in killer cross aka Kieran cross <sighs> having said that i don't think that's a career injury type of botch I still think Killer Cross has a lot left in the tank and a lot more skill to show. But you know, the WWE fans like what they
2: like and they don't like what they don't like. Kaylin? Um, I would just like to point out that before this match even started, we got our backstage segment with Austin Theory and Santos Escobar and Austin Theory took out Santos Escobar and injured his leg and then AJ Styles came out to his entrance theme and then we went straight to commercial and then there was an ad about Edge's 25-year celebration and then they talked about EO Sky then we went backstage again with Santos Escobar and then the match began and I personally am not a fan of this style of storytelling I really really need something more direct because this was all over the place and I I don't know I feel like it was a little hastily thrown together and slightly unprofessional like I don't understand the story they're trying to do right now you know it goes from one thing to another and it has nothing to do with the match that they're trying to present to me
1: it's like too much variety on a variety show huh
0: yeah and I think that's Something you were talking about on our last episode, Brian, where you said Becky Lynch was in the ring
1: for like twenty minutes,
0: and then they went a commercial, had backstage segments vignettes, and then ten minutes later, Becky Lynch starts speaking, and then the match gets announced.
1: Yeah, exactly. It made no sense, and then she wasn't even in the match. That's the yeah. be- that's <laughs> the worst part about it. So it's like these people already knew they're going to have a match, but why is Becky Lynch coming out there? That doesn't make sense. So it's just one of those things um, with the wrestling world. Maybe they need to book this a little bit better. Maybe is this is this Triple H doing his booking things
0: yes bro yes 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 it's all paula veck nobody else but paula veck there's a team of writers back there there's a team of creative back there but it's all paula veck for some reason i don't know why i'm just messing with you guys
1: <laughs> wow so after that we had edge right edge doing his uh yes calling out the Sheamus he calls out the Sheamus and he calls him his best, f- or not a best friend, he calls him a friend and he wants to celebrate his 25 year anniversary fighting Sheamus. And they're going to fight on Friday.
0: And was this match made? Because earlier today it was announced that Edge is close to a retirement again. So do you think this match was made because of his retirement? And if so, is it disappointing that his retirement match is going to be at a regular show, not a PLE or anything like that?
1: Uh, I wouldn't be disappointed. I mean, you got to get your retirement match in wherever you can. I think this is in his hometown so this is gonna be a good farewell if it is indeed his uh his retirement match
2: i really liked this promo but at the same time it was a little awkward they seemed friendly but also trying to throw jabs at one another with like the weird awkward photos and things like that and it just kind of confused me for a little bit so i just had to kind of I-, I don't know i guess just go with the flow and understand that they're still friendly but trying to make Friendly competition with one another, I guess. It was really awkward for me. Friends busting each other's balls.
1: (laughs) Wow. (laughs) And then um, we get LA Knight versus Top Dollar after this, right?
0: Versus Shit Dollar, bro. Literally Shit Dollar. I don't care who Top Dollar fights. If the man is in my TV screen, he's a channel changer. Top Dollar is literally a channel changer, bro.
1: He's a piss break match kind of (laughs) guy.
0: I mean, I mean, yes, 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 it is. I'll say yes.
1: Even with LA Knight there. Well, yeah, I agree. I didn't really watch this match. I mean, LA Knight versus Top Dollar. Top Dollar isn't going to win.
2: I'd also like to point out a really cringy thing that one of the announcers did. I don't know which one it was, but they started rapping and (laughs) 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 I... I don't know what was happening, but it was real weird and it took me away from the match. I was laughing my ass off, not because the rap was actually funny, but because it was weird and cringy.
1: Yeah, I've noticed that whenever Top Doll is in the ring, I want to say it's Michael Cole just makes flying jokes and makes flying over the top rope jokes. And it was probably him rapping. I don't really remember. He just, I don't know, ever since Top dollars dive over the top rope, he's been talking shit every single time he's out there. Damn, damn!
0: why did he get hired back, bro? I remember somebody once told me that AEW was trash because they only hired their friends. But then Paul Levesque is out here rehiring his old friends from NXT and from SmackDown. So it's like, I mean, if you're going to complain about something, complain about it when it happens on the other show. Because I mean, no disrespect to Top Dollar, but he does not need to be wrestling. He can do something backstage. I'm sure there's plenty of jobs back there. My TV screen wrestling, especially against LA Knights, I, I don't want to see it. I
1: would agree. Caitlin, get us into this next segment here.
2: Oh my god. Okay. So, we get another backstage segment and Santos Escobar confirms that he's gonna fight. He's gonna do it. I'd also like to point out that Rey Mysterio's mask was really nice looking. That was a nice mask. But, it turns out Santos Escobar can't compete. He's limping down the ramp to his theme music. He's trying to come down and wrestle and the man falls and Rey Mysterio is going to fight in his place. And And honestly, I was really disappointed in that because it would have been way cooler to see Santos Escobar fight, quote unquote, injured and either win because it would make him look strong or lose because he's injured and then get a rematch later at like maybe another pay-per-view or something and win because he's at full health, you know, because obviously Theory injured him on purpose so that he could keep his belt.
0: Ooh, that's a nice prediction. I like that. So we all know Rey Mysterio won the title. He's putting young talent over the veteran, Rey Mysterio, putting young talent over like always. But let me just go ahead and say this. This was a what? A squash match? A two minute and 43 minute match? Is this how you're going to treat your your next
2: generation champion, your your next John Cena? Come on, bruf. I know. Like, how are you going to build somebody up all episode and then bury them at the same time? Like, that frustrated me so bad because I wanted Santos to come out and fight. And the fact that somebody like Rey Mysterio took his spot, you know, it's it's like, I think you, Brian, you complained about that on AEW with like Chris Jericho <laughs> and some of the other veterans. And this literally happened on SmackDown this last Friday. And I was very disappointed.
1: Yeah, I'm disappointed too. Uh, the only thing I could say here is that I think Rey Mysterio was the one that was supposed to be winning the initial match between Rey Mysterio and Santos Escobar. But of course, he hit the back of his head. You know, they couldn't continue the match. So Santos Escobar ended up winning. And I think. This is their way around it now that Rey Mysterio is actually not injured. So I think that's what kind of happened. Yeah. And then they wasted all that TV time trying to explain it in a very, very weird, awkward way instead of just having Austin Theory take him out, like for sure, like hit him with the car or something, you know? Make sure there's no <laughs> doubt that this guy cannot fight and then have it replaced by Rey Mysterio. I think I'd be okay with that. And give him a longer match instead of all these extra segments that weren't needed.
2: I agree because I was very frustrated over that. I really wanted to see Santos Escobar win or have his. Sp- Story continue, and I feel like that got instantly killed by Ray Mysterio replacing him in this match. No shade to him because I love Ray Mysterio, but you know, I I felt like this would have been really great for Santos Escobar, especially since they showed that promo of Ray literally putting him over and saying he's the next big thing, and the man got injured with a a lid being slammed onto his leg.
1: Yeah, I know it's it's so ri- ridiculous. It's it's terrible, but you know what's not terrible is this next segment here. We get the Tribal Chief, Roman Reigns, Paul Heyman, Solo Sokoa, and they are getting into it here about what happened at SummerSlam. Adrian, what happened at SummerSlam? Because we probably got a recap too.
0: I think I saw the match through the recaps. I should have skipped SummerSlam and just watched the recaps. I would have gotten the whole show right there in like a 30-minute recap. <laughs> but, I mean, Jay's pretty much done. He said, Roman, F you. Solo, F you. Jimmy, F you. Heyman, F you. I'm done with WWE. I'm out, Ski. And he walked out the building. I think WWE is going forward with the storyline because they moved him to their Legends uh, bracket, I should say, in their roster in uh, WWE.com.
1: Yeah, they moved him to the alumni section on the website, on the roster.
0: Yeah, see, and then let me tell you one thing. All right. This is one thing I had triggered energy for this because if I'm in a room with my cousins and twin brother that literally just kicked the shit out of me four days ago. I am not going to be sharing the same room with them. I understand this is a different family. Under tribal rules, tribal courts, whatever you like to call this segment. I mean, what? You thought Jay was just going to be like, oh, yeah, you guys kicked my ass. My my twin brother kicked my ass as well. Okay, yeah, we're cool again, guys. No, I, I kind of saw this coming. Jay's had enough. And, you know, we want many Ben Jay to be his own thing. A lot of people have been asking it for a long time. And hopefully they can turn this around because Jay... Is main event Jey Uso, and a lot of fans want him to be in the main event as a solo star.
1: I want to see the Usos against each other in tribal combat at Survivor Series, bro. I think that'd be dope.
0: You know what? Uh, Rikishi accidentally posted uh, a spoiler. He posted that he was going to be at a referee for the Usos match. Quickly deleted it.
1: Damn, I didn't see that, bro.
0: I'm sure because of that, I'm sure that's why the story's kind of shifting a little bit. I think I heard a rumor that no bloodline members are gonna be in SmackDown this week. So I don't know if that's true or not, or if that's just a little BS rumor social media spreading around.
1: Hmm. We'll see. Caitlin, anything you wanna say about this segment about Deuces Ooses?
2: Actually, I got a question for you, Brian. Uh where's your triggered energy for this? Because Jay Uso blatantly said that he was gonna be out of WWE. Which right now it's extremely popular, especially in AEW, to hint that they're going to be leaving and going to another promotion. So, Brian, where's your triggered energy for that?
1: He didn't say he was going to go to another promotion. He just he said, said, he said he was going to you know? leave
2: WWE. Where is he going to go, bro?
1: He's going to go back home. He's
0: going to go make some lemonade <laughs> at home.
1: He's going to go, yeah, he's going to make some lemonade at home wait for the situation to calm down and he's going to come back or he's going to go to NXT one of the two but yeah, he isn't saying he's going to AEW so that's why there's no triggered energy Although the internet did say that, what did they say? Josh Fatu is all elite. (laughs)
0: Josh Fatu, yeah. That was me posting it all over social media. Damn. It's sticking to the same topic right here with the bloodline story. We already know that Paul Heyman said that the bloodline story is at the bottom of the third inning. But then none other than Kurt Angle himself, the legend himself, said, and I quote, this storyline is great. I love it. But I think Heyman was full of shit. I think they're in the eighth inning and they're stressed. They're making up shit now and that's what I believe Paul Heyman. Him in, I know him, and he's just making stuff up right now. So, what do you think, Brian? Is it at the bottom of the third inning? Are they really scrambling through storylines or what inning do you think they're in?
1: I think they're in the sixth inning and we're reaching the end of this story because after this, they're going to have Jimmy versus Jay most likely. But Solo Sokoa, what's going to happen with him? He was taken out by Roman Reigns. He still had some looks to give Roman Reigns, you know. So he's still going to be involved in this somehow. I still think it's going to be tribal combat, all four of them eventually. But who knows? I think Kurt Angle's just an old head complaining because he's not wrestling anymore, dude.
0: Actually, yeah, that is true. That's what I was... Some of these old heads, I mean, no no disrespect to them. I understand they've done a lot for the business. They put their bodies through hell. But sometimes, you know, they're no longer in the loop. They start making these ridiculous things. I mean, we have somebody like Conan who trashes on AEW's booking, which, you know, if he has his own opinions about that, that's cool, that's great. But by God... Let's talk about Triple Mania right now, because that booking was not the best, I should say.
1: You're talking about the matches themselves or the booking? Just
0: the matches and booking and the slow-ass refs. I mean, we could just briefly talk about it, a few champions here and there. QT Marshall, your new Latin American champion after defeating Pentagon Jr.
1: Tejano Jr.
0: Tejano and I believe it was the other one, Dralistico. Dralistico. So hopefully he brings that title to AEW because the man is hated in Mexico.
1: He is. And I would say he was the best performer of the entire night. I was enthralled with him. You know, it's just, he's a good wrestler, dude. He's he's in AEW for a reason. He's got his own training academy for a reason. He's he's good in the ring. He knows what to do. I just wish AEW would use him a lot more, but I'm glad we're seeing him do what he does in Mexico in AAA.
2: I agree. He really flourished in that match. He really showed off his uh, acrobatic ability. The dude can flip and make it look really beautiful. And it was something that i was not expecting and what was cool is because he does it so nicely i feel like it really feeds into this uh character that he's trying to portray in that match you know this like perfect you know white teeth american man you know trying to win the latin american title you know like he did really great i was super happy with his performance that night
1: whose performance i was not happy with was hijo del vikingo and i just keep thinking about what dios del inframundo said drago is not about who can put the best matches it's who can flip the highest flip the fastest flip and do everything you know so we had essentially four guys here: Speedball Mike Bailey, great wrestler; Jack Hartwheels, great wrestler; Hijo de Kingo, and I'm missing one, Daga. Uh, Daga is not as much as an acrobat as the other three, but this match they had some good spots. But to me, was it built together like an actual wrestling match, or was is it just me? Am I the only one that just because it's not my favorite style that I'm looking at it that way?
0: No, yeah, I think even me, I like that style. I was even talking to Kaden while we were watching Triple Mania, and I- I'm like, although AAA is the bigger promotion in Mexico, CMLL, in my opinion, still putting on better matches. That's my opinion. I still think CMLL is putting better matches. It just so happens that AAA has the better characters and the bigger names.
2: I have a question for you guys. Would you say that Triplemania or Triple A is more like the WWE and CMLL is more like AEW? I
1: would say Triple A is more like AEW and CMLL is more like WWE.
2: Yeah, especially like if you want to twist the like
0: like the sponsorships that would go with WWE and Triple A. Match-wise, I will probably... Yeah, that's a hard one because you have a lot of, you know, match-wise, booking-wise, character-wise, the sponsorships. I mean, Triplemania it had like what four breaks three of them
1: were because of sponsorships my god that dr similares fucking thing was like for 10 minutes it man. took so
0: long the Mortal combat thing when they brought out the cosplayers oh, that
1: too yeah
0: you did not need it. and then they had a um a movie trailer for Casanova's uh movie that's coming out on prime and they didn't even have them in the trailer <laughs> Was, that he was, was in the trailer he was
1: he was the guy sitting down the one that the other person was telling his character in the movie that he should be an exotico
0: no that was a that was a woman and another kid
1: that's supposed to be him in the
0: movie oh yeah, mm, yeah see i guess i wasn't paying attention then. See?
1: man conan's brother.
0: booking bro putting me to sleep
1: this fool actually <laughs> thinks superman <laughs> is played by fucking <laughs> what's his name Christopher actor, Reed. Bro. christopher reed bro that's really superman this guy anyways But yeah, that was Triple Mania. Sam Aldis loses his hair.
2: It was the obvious choice.
0: He was going to lose it anyways.
1: Yeah.
2: The Clippers were having such a hard time going through all that hair and blood. It was kind of funny. He had to go through with some scissors.
1: Yeah. And also that... (laughs) The guy that was cutting his hair was also the ringside doctor supposedly that yes. went to go check on Pentagon, right?
0: Bro, this doctor, bro, he comes out with his bling watch all over, Gucci <laughs>
1: belt,
0: <laughs> earring. I'm like, come on, bro, you really you really showing off here at the show? You're going to get robbed in Mexico when you get out, watch. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, man, it's fucking wild. But that was Triple Mania.
0: Also, earlier today, Tetsuya Naito became the G1 Climax winner after defeating Kazuchika Okada in the final. Damn, long overdue for Tetsuya Naito, the ungovernable one. I'm glad he's doing great things back in New Japan and under the ungovernable faction name great. For those who don't know, the Ungovernables became popular in CMLL, made famous by none other than Andrade. Tatiana went over to CMLL, got the name, went back to New Japan, became the Ungovernable, started his own faction, and now here in AEW, we're starting a different one. Los Ingobernables. I like it.
1: I still think Los Ingobernables de Japón sounds a lot better. Yeah,
0: Los Ingobernables de Japón. Why didn't I say it in Spanish?
1: I don't know. He's you're trying to say it in English, bro. (laughs) (laughs) This guy.
0: NATO semi-final match was against none other than Will Ospreay. 30-minute banger. It had everything. He had drama. It had storytelling. The counters. It was a well-told story for wrestling, man. If you want to get into New Japan, I suggest watch that match and then watch the fire with Okada, you'll be a fan of New Japan. I guarantee you.
1: So let's talk about AEW Collision because there's something I want to talk about before we actually talk about AEW Collision. Go for it. What is all this rumors about CM Punk, you know, pretty much telling people that they can't show up to AEW Collision. We had Ryan Nemeth not be able to show up, or I guess he was told that he can, they fly him out, they're going to use him. As soon as he lands, they get him a ticket to go back home. They have Christopher Daniels removed from Collision. And he's, he's essentially, head of talent relations, right? Head of talent? Yes. So so he was kicked out because of uh, CM Punk over here, uh, supposedly, allegedly. And who else?
0: Matt Hardy also got kicked out with uh, Christopher Daniels.
1: Oh yeah, Matt Hardy got kicked out. And then Adam Page, they were going to use him, and then when he got to the arena, they said that to shoot his promo outside, and he was not allowed in the arena. So all this stuff is happening. What the fuck is going on over here, man?
0: I don't know, man. Here's the thing. Let's get into contact with Ryan Namath. Apparently, Ryan Namath tweeted something about Punk saying that he's the softest man alive. So as soon as he got to the building, Punk met him, and he's like, hey, you want to do this right now, or you want to go outside? Bro, and we might get blocked because we got blocked from soft-ass right back, but Punk. <laughs> Come on, bruv, You seriously going to start beef with everybody? We seen your MMA career. We seen what you can do in the octagon. He was not scaring anybody, bruv.
1: Yeah, he wasn't, bro. But, you know, and the thing about that is, like, we made that YouTube video. Why should I? I, mean, I will take blame for it. I made the YouTube video from the clip that we had about CM Punk essentially being like a crying, whiny baby about this aw title thing and now it's like bro like what the fuck like you can't even be in the same building with these people
2: well i mean look at the young bucks they're not on collision when he's around
1: that's true but are they the, also the ones saying that he can't come to to dynamite you know or is this is all getting leaked because the young bucks are leaking it you know what i mean or the elite is leaking it
0: yeah and then there was this episode of dynamite where cm punk showed up and the report after that came out said that both Members, the Elite and CM Punk, were on separate sides of the arena. So at this point, it's like, is Punk the cancer or, or what?
1: I don't know, man. But there's a lot of more drama and interesting stuff, at least to me, with drama outside yes. of AEW than actually inside of AEW. Because some of their bookings just kind of like, mm. anyways.
2: Maybe Punk is to blame for that. I mean... I don't understand why he's throwing such a big fit over somebody like Ryan Nemeth. I mean, he's pretty harmless, in my opinion. And he's going to get mad over a tweet? That's weird. That's really weird. Didn't somebody... Yeah, Ryback got mad over people's tweets and things like that and then blocked us. And we're just a regular podcast. So to me, it's like CM Punk is like right up there with Ryback and I don't understand.
0: Yeah, my bad. Actually, no, not my bad, Ryback. Learn how to take a joke, bro. Oh,
1: my God. Well... So back to this AEW collision now. Um, we had the acclaimed beat down um some local talent, one of which looked like Scoot Robertson, bro, at least to me. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> <shit>. Yeah. <laughs> so there was that. Um, then we had Willow Nightingale, Chris Statlander versus Diamante, and Mercedes Martinez. Mercedes Martinez and Diamante win with a roll up and some cheating help on Willow Nightingale. Samoa Joe beats down a jobber. Then Luchasaurus is challenged by Brock Anderson?
0: Yes, apparently. um, What's his name? His dad's name. Uh, Arn Anderson came out and basically said, hey, bro, if it was 20 years ago, I would have kicked your ass myself, but I'm bringing my son. And what happens? You basically send your son to an early retirement. To me, I don't think that's a good father move. But hey, Brock Anderson stood up, got the balls to step against the Luchasaurus. Got beat. Respect.
1: So was that supposed to be Ryan Nemeth's spot? Or was Ryan Nevis' spot supposed to be against Samoa Joe?
0: Probably. I'm thinking probably Joe. Probably Joe.
1: After that, we had the House of Black versus CMFTR. And we know that the House of Black wasn't going to lose. Kaylin, do you want to say anything about this match?
2: Honestly, I liked it. I know not a lot of people are going to agree with me, but I really like House of Black. And right now I'm kind of on a hate train with CM Punk. So I was really happy that they won. It was a slow build, but I kind of figured because the match was about half an hour long, I want to say. So I was expecting it to be a slow build. And there was a lot of times towards the end where I thought it was going to finish and it made it really exciting. I liked it. I love Brody King. I like Malachi Black. Buddy Matthews is a freaking unit of his own. I feel like the three of them are damn near unstoppable right now. Adrian? House of Black, I I don't know. I
0: don't see anybody beating them. I already knew CMFTR wasn't going to win this match. I actually predicted uh, Andrade to come out and interfere in the match. That way, CMFTR doesn't lose clean. But, you know, they ended up losing. House of Black ended up retaining. So we might get a La Facción Incobernable versus House of Black either at All In or All Out. That would be sweet.
1: Yeah, I would like that. One thing I forgot to mention, which when I first saw it gave me some trigger energy. So Powerhouse Hobbs versus Miro, my fan says, I want to see this match. My big brain booker brain tells me this is going to be shit. And AEW's booking themselves into a corner because Miro just made his return and this will be a good win for him. But Powerhouse Hobbs was just champion. And if he loses to somebody that just hasn't been there, to me, it's kind of like, what the fuck? So, I don't know how I feel about this.
0: Yeah, I, to be honest, I think I made some similarities to uh, a match in WWE as well. I forgot what match it was, but yes, you're absolutely correct. Miro's made a comeback. You're trying to build him strong. Powerhouse Hobbs, you're trying to rebuild them by reintroducing the Book of Hobbs gimmick. So, right now, it's like, you can only put one of these gimmicks over. And... You know, knowing QT and meddling in Will Hobbs' business, something might happen. They might interfere and just make the match meh or the storyline meh. But I, right now, I will give it a watch just to give it a watch. And if something like that happens, best believe your boy is going to bring that triggered energy to the show.
1: I'm just happy we got to see Aaron solo for like five seconds. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yes. Uh, anything on this match or this build up, Caitlin? I'm really a big fan of both guys. So... I, I don't want anybody to get buried in this i agree with you brian i'm a little nervous about this booking because i don't want to see either of them lose maybe this would be a time where maybe i'd be okay with a match ending in a disqualification and building up the story more so that i can see more of this because i really don't want it to end in just one match that would disappoint me because somebody's gonna get buried and that's gonna suck
0: ask her if she's gonna bring that trigger energy bro
1: you gonna bring that trigger energy bro
2: <laughs> fight me We'll do
1: it. <laughs> Damn. Ah, man, you know, I just feel like they could have built this up over a couple more weeks. Like, Parahouse House, Hobbs, I feel like, was he on TV last week on Rampage? I
0: think he was only on the segment or either that or a squash match. But that's what I'm saying. It's like, you have all in right around the corner. You have all out around the other corner. You have but that's still time. like
1: two weeks away. They got to build these people up and have them be like actual people, bro. I'm tired of them bringing up local talent all the time. Fuck. They got Caesar Bononi. They got yes. fucking Nick Camarado. They got actual big dudes right, that name would be is. impressive. Yeah, they got actual dudes on the roster. Bring them up.
0: Yeah, that is completely true. I mean, that's what I was saying with WWE. We're like, there's times where you need a jobber. You need a jobber match in, in your show. Even if it's not competitive, it's like one minute, two minutes, three minutes. You have people on the roster. Same with AEW. You have a lot of people that you are not fucking using. And then when they show up, you kick them out the building. Who, who are we going to blame here, bro?
1: Tony Khan, bro, I'm assuming. I mean, no. Uh, he needs to fucking grab his checkbook, bro, and be like, I'm the boss. And uh what did the all elites say? That without us, AEW wouldn't exist? Yeah. But, I mean, honestly, if this guy ain't writing the checks, bro, nobody's getting paid nothing's happening. That's true. Let's hear a word from our sponsors of the show. Cleat Check Exclusive. Shop CCE for your sneakerhead needs. Use code TRIGGERED for free shipping with code triggered at shop cce. check them out on Instagram they got a lot of exclusive shoes
0: alright guys so we're going towards the end of our show if you guys are located in the Sacramento Woodland or Roseville area here in California please stop by at Taqueria Guadalajara 6 West Court Street and if you do go there make sure to try out the giant burrito challenge which includes of two 14 inch tortillas rice, beans guacamole, pico your choice of meat you have a 20 minute time limit to finish the burrito if you do win get the breeder for free you get a shirt and you get a picture on the wall this is the end for our show we are recording on monday august 14th so right in time for monday night raw we'll be back to make sure to bring that triggered energy on the next episode i'm adrian i'm caitlin (laughs) still brian (laughs) (laughs) all right guys next time and most importantly stay triggered
1: bang bang